slash and cast. Welcome back, fiends, to Handle with Scare, presented by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Our show discusses horror movies and the phobias they emphasize. Uh, you know, over the past couple of months, we've been taking a look at the best of 2023, and we've been seeing how uh, 2024 has been shaping up. Uh, and, of course, we'll be getting into that very shortly, before I introduce tonight's film and my co-host, just a few general reminders for you guys. You can stay connected with us over on X and Handle with Pod, and be sure to join us for our Twisted Tuesday Watch Parties, which are held every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time over at kick.com forward slash drunk. So as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Grindhouse Zombie, and uh, Zombie, for one, I mean, obviously, I've... <laughs> A lot on my plate lately, so, you know, things have kind of been kind of all over the place, but, uh, very, very akin to kind of, like, the the past month in regards to the genre releases. We've had a couple of offerings to hit the theaters, uh, that quite haven't hit the mark. We've had a couple of VOD releases also that quite haven't hit the mark. Uh, honestly, I think the best thing that we've watched recently, I wouldn't even say it was an actual genre title, but we'll get into that here in just a bit. But, uh, I know it's been a minute, so how have you been, man? Oh, I've been really, really well. Yeah, it's been, the last uh, month or so has been sort of an F around and find out month. Um, definitely for me with horror, um, we were talking about the, um, we should find a way to get paid for this, this is ridiculous. But the uh, the AMC screen unseen, so I was interested enough in that where I was like, hmm, so I'll I'll buy some tickets. Um, the first one turned to be or turned out to be Out of Darkness. Um, so I saw that on Monday. So um, that is that winter like survivalist movie, the one that's like set in like the forest. Is, um, is it's that set, one? It's set. It's set in the forest, but it's set forty five thousand years ago. Mm, okay, and. It's it's a group of people from Europe that instead of going south, they take the advice of their leader and cross the sea and effect, effectively find Scotland is mm -hmm. what they find. Um, uh, a lot of people that I have uh, seen and watched and looked at their like have trashed it and said it's not horror, uh, said it's not good. Um, and for my chair, uh, for what I've watched. So far this year of 2024, it's my top so far. Um, so I don't know what they watched and, and how or why they did not enjoy things. I, I My fear is that because there weren't people on cell phones randomly texting each other in the movie that people can't connect with it. Um, this was very bare bones. Um, eh, almost, uh, in a sense caveman ish mm -hmm. um you know it was the whole thing was subtitled there's no there's no english in it um and i think that makes it hard for some people to watch now i will say this 
I was in a theater, an AMC theater. They put it in one of their, it was in theater number one. And you know how the theaters go. Theater number one and two are always the big ones. And they get a little bit smaller the farther you get away from the lobby, right? Um, and theater number one was at least 80% full. And I have not seen that for a movie in a long time. So I think AMC might be onto something. And, and I've already bought tickets for the next one on Monday. So we're going to see. Um, so for me, 2024, yeah, it, uh, kind of off to a rocky start. There's been some interesting things. Um, our wrap up of 2023. Um, I was really happy with a couple of the ones you brought to the table. They were really um, standouts. Um, Candyland especially was a standout mm-hmm. movie for me. I had heard nothing about it. And then you read the the premise of it. And you're like, you kind of you kind of turn your head like. But then you watch it and you get you get invested. I think I've seen it four times now and you you get well, but you get invested in the characters and you get invested in what's happening. And yes, I understand it's a a movie about a bunch of lot lizards. I get that. OK, but I think with the characters, there's way more to it. I love a good. Almost anti-religion story. I, I those always will get me. So that one was especially a gem. Um I, I think we've talked, you know, for me, one of my absolute uh, standouts of 2023 was Nefarious. And I, I think we'll have an interesting discussion about that one. Yeah, Nefarious, we, we watched, God, I felt it's like four, five weeks ago at, at, at this point in time, I think. And uh, I, I have rewatched it uh, since then. Definitely an interesting movie. I don't. I don't know if I would put it in like my my best of list, but I thought it was a really intriguing movie. Uh, uh, the character study in it is definitely one of the standout moments. Um, but I want to like kind of like you know shelve that momentarily so we can kind of talk about like some of the other recent titles because uh, we have been spending basically like the entire month just checking out what the new offerings are, whether it is you know stream exclusives or you know just things that are hidden on video on demand. Um, but I know you and I have also been checking out other theatrical releases as well, so I wanted to briefly kind of touch on that first. Um, so, January, for as long as it's been around, uh, <laughs> really, has uh, kind of been the month where we will get our horror titles, where the the studios don't really have a lot of faith you know it's the dog days of winter and you know they're just like well don't really know how much it's gonna make so uh you know we'll just slate it in here and we're gonna see how it's going to do and while i haven't seen all of the like theatrical releases um obviously like the biggest one or at least the one that had probably the most advertising uh really across the board uh, was Night Swim, which, you know, if if you were someone who uh, refuses to watch trailers, you probably would have liked it more because the second trailer that they had released for that movie gave away way too much, whereas the first one, like, basically kept the cards close to the chest. Now, I will say Night Swim as a whole, uh, this was definitely one of those, uh, you know, kind of like short film movies that was later turned into a feature length. Um, I have not I have not had the opportunity to actually go back and check out the short film, um, but you, more times than not, when that happens, 
you know, the feature-length version of said film uh, gets dragged a little bit too long. But I, I think my biggest gripe that I had with it, and I, I will note, this is already available to Reds at home. I'm pretty sure it's, like, one of, like, the premium VODs or whatever the hell they're calling them now. Like, you know, the in-theater uh, VODs that they've kind of been doing ever since COVID was a thing. Uh... Yeah, don't pay, like, 20 bucks or whatever the fuck it is. It's basically, like, you you basically purchasing it, uh, it digitally. But it was one of those things where it's, like, you know, you look at the concept, and you're kind of, like, going in, and you're kind of, like, assuming it's supposed to be a monster movie, and then it's a fucking bait-and-switch. And, you know, when, you're, when we're talking about marketing for films, and, you know, you see the end result, and it's something like that, boy, does that just leave a sour taste in my mouth. It was just one of those scenes where I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, I, I really dislike when, like, the studios do that because you have a set expectation and then what you get is not what, what you're expecting and then it's just like, well, what did we end up with? And <laughs> Night Swim was essentially, at its core, a haunted swimming pool movie. <laughs> And uh, that is about the nicest thing I can say about it because the sec like the second half of that movie makes absolutely no fucking sense at all. And it's just it my mind just felt like it was put in by by the end of it. So I have seen the short and the short is entertaining. The short is a little scary, um, but much to your point, when I saw the second trailer for Night Swim, I literally just went, nope, I, I don't I don't need to see this. Now, admittedly, I'm a fan of when a short, whether it's a short film or a short story, can be turned into something grander. I'm a big fan of that. I think, it, like, for my chair, the last really good success for that was probably Black Phone. Um, a 20-page short story turned into a feature-length film that is... It's not quite a cult phenomenon yet, but it has a following that is unbelievable. People love the grabber. Um, I have on my shelf of shame over here, I have a couple mm. of Funko Pops that are the grabber. So, like, I get it. So that's a that's a good success story. This was not... I, I don't know who greenlit this film, but it was completely unnecessary. None of it... It just didn't need to happen. Um, you know, and we talk about... I think you and I've talked pretty frequently about 2023 and how in essence for a horror person, it was pretty flat year. Mm -hmm. There was, I mean, there were definitely some standouts. We've talked about a lot of them. We talked about Candyland was a really, Candyland was still really, I, I've really fallen in love with Candyland and I fall in love with the characters. That's what I fall in love with. And not just the fact that they're a lot lizards, but I fall in love with the characters, but we talked about birth, rebirth. We talked about uh, no one will save you. There were really some, there were some gems, you know, in 2023, but it wasn't just home run after home run after mm -hmm. home run. Um, 2024 is looking a little better. Um, at, at the same time, though, some of the things that like, and you, I, I love this term you use, the single setting movie. Um, and those, that was a really good term because we watched uh, The Last Night at Terrence Lane's, which, Honestly, for me, was way better than I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think, and I'm always going to say this because I'm just the person that says this, there's a lot of social commentary that goes into that movie. Mm -hmm. um, and then watching Trunk locked in, um, 
Uh, okay. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> title, man. You know, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's it's the worst title for. It, a movie it's important ever. to note, like last night when we were watching this, we're like, I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, I want to check out a new Prime release. So we start watching this, and for one, I had no idea this was a foreign film, so I didn't, have, I didn't even realize I need to turn captions on. But it's, it's like, like oh, you, see, you yeah. see, you see the title, and it's just this truck, and I'm like, wait a minute. That's not the name of the movie. So, like, when the fuck did that change? But, yeah, go on. <laughs> well, at the same time, though, we have a new Ghostbusters coming out called Frozen Empire. Okay, mm. so titles can do a lot for a movie. So this movie is very, very poorly titled. I mean, there's no getting around it. That being said, um, on my list right now, for everything I've watched this year, that movie, I think, is in fourth place. Mm. Okay? Um, and And why? Because it was really fucking good and because it had really good tension. It had real world problems that a person needed to solve. Now, there was definitely some points where our, our main character could have solved her situation a tiny bit faster. <laughs> I mean, we did point that out last night where we were watching. Hey, look, the trunk's open. Get out. <laughs> um, but, but also at the same time, I think you put yourself in that situation. You can see how somebody would not be the fastest to react and all that. Right. Um, but... Uh, trunk locked in was it was actually a good film it was a good film um and a lot going on and we were we were as we were watching it we were calling things kind of the whole time and a lot of us were right and a lot of us were wrong but i i, I think the, the movies that end up that we watch that end up being the better ones for me are the ones where we're talking about what's going on or what we might mm -hmm. think. You know, and there's definitely times it's like, ooh, look at the rack on that girl. Or, oh, God, she's a dumbass. Or, oh, this guy's in on it. But it, it, it generated a lot of conversation. And, and so for me, that tells me that that's probably one of the better ones. And it definitely was. Now, the Bowling Alley movie, <clears throat> and I'm going to keep calling it the Bowling Alley movie <laughs> because it was that. But that one had, I mean... You had a lot of, for what our characters were, there was a lot of people that were atypical for their roles, the actors especially. Um, and that's a risk. And there's a lot of times where it doesn't work real well. This one did it really well for, for the atypical people that we had in their roles. Um, and honestly, I think probably in the whole thing, just because of his mouth, the dad might have been one of my favorite characters. You know, just... You know, it, the whole time things are going on and he's just in his office just trying to like, I just got to get through the day. I just got and that's like something we can all relate to. Right. And he's just he's not watching the security cameras and seeing scads of people being murdered on the surveillance cameras. And he's just oblivious to all of it. But I think that's a very real world thing where you can you see all these things going around on you, but you can be oblivious to it because you're kind of just focused on your own thing. Um but yeah, the so the, what you call them, the single setting movies, I mean, Trunk did a miraculous job of making a scary set piece out of a trunk. <laughs> I mean, and but somehow continuing to, especially like with, when she bashes out the brake light and she does things like that, she's constantly expanding her environment, but she's in a trunk for Christ's sakes. And it's like, it seems like an environment that you couldn't make any bigger if you try, but she was always kind of doing it. So that one was really fun for me. You know, it's very interesting too, because like really not knowing anything outside of just like seeing the, you know, the synopsis, you know, before going in, because this was a brand new release. There was only one review. I don't even think it was a written review. It was just someone submitted 
like a five star review and then that was the end of it. So like the only information we had was the synopsis and basically the IMDb rating, uh, which I think was at the time five and a half, which, um, you know, for a genre title is not terrible, honestly. Like, I feel like the really bad ones are usually in like the four range or like three and a half. Um, but it, but it's very interesting because, uh, unbeknownst to me, I had no idea that, you know, going into the third act of the movie, they were basically going to combine two of my phobias into one. And in that exact moment, uh, you know, when, when she does make her grand escape, I tensed up so fucking bad last night when the car hit the water. I'm like, oh my god, I am very claustrophobic. I have a fear of drowning. So the whole time, I'm just like, oh my god, don't fucking do this to me. Oh my god, <laughs> you know. So so that that was great uh, and fantastic. But but what's interesting to me though is you know we basically had two uh, you know single set in films. You know we we had the trunk, we had the bowling alley, and I feel like. When it comes to the success of these type of movies, it's very dependent on how well they use the environment. You know, are you using everything that's around you? I think both of the movies did a really good job of that. And of course, like with the bowling alley, obviously it's a little bit more opened up because it's it's a bigger, you know, location in in outright. And, you know, Terrace Lanes, I thought, was was a lot of fun. I think... The thing that might hold people back on it just a little bit is just the fact that it does kind of like have that like cultist undertone and, you know, obviously like they have their goal, like they're going in to like basically kill everyone inside the building. But like the the reasoning behind it is like kind of lost in translation, I felt like, but it did a really good job at like really using the entirety of the space of the building you know you you got your bowling centric kills in the movie you know we had our like basically like uh mascot for like this company as well you know you had the father daughter dynamic you had the daughter who was basically like ignoring her dad because like she was trying to impress the girl essentially and you know, obviously, like, the dad isn't really, you know, with current times, so he didn't really know what his daughter's been up to, because, like, he just thought he, she was trying to impress one of the boys. Uh, but, of course, you know, like, they had, like, their whole, uh, you know, side story about, like, how they had a bowling team growing up, and, like, this place used to be, like, their livelihood and everything, and obviously, like, the bowling alley meant a lot to the dad, and it was kind of, like, the last night before it was essentially gonna get, uh you know, demolished. So, yep. you know, they could build high-rises or whatever the fuck they were doing. I can't, I, it's, it's been a couple of weeks. Um, but a lot of fun kills, and I, I really like the fact, and, you know, obviously, like, this touches a lot with, like, childhood, too, when it comes to just bowling in general. You know, I know in probably different <laughs> areas of the, of the U.S., they probably call it a different term, but, you know, growing up, uh, at least in my era, they used to call it, like, cosmic bowling, which is, you know, when they turn you know, the lights off and they did all like the laser oh, shows yeah. and, and, and whatnot. Yep. I think different areas probably have a different term for it. Like, you know, depending on like what, what spot you're at. Um, but to see them like kind of tie that into it, like really kind of like tied everything together for me, because that really brought me back to my childhood. Like when we were bowling. Uh, so that was pretty cool to see, but man, it's just like, as that movie kind of like played along, you know, it, 
it just, it became so obvious, like, how stupid, like, some of the goons were in this movie. Because, like, they all have their uh, watches, like, synchronized, <laughs> you know, for, you know, when they're actually going to go on their rampage. And uh, when you're going to, quote, ascend, or whatever the fuck they were calling it, uh, you know, because that was the ultimate goal at, at the end of it. But, you know, for, for a movie that I'm like, hmm, this kind of looks interesting, but not really what that I had set expectations for. Uh, I think that one was probably the biggest surprise, at least so far for me, uh, this year out of, like, the recent, uh, you know, VOD offerings that we have had. Oh, sure. Well, okay, so first of all, where I'm at, it's called Moonlight Bowling. Okay. That's what we call it. But, like, when it comes to the bowling thing, so, so I grew up in an era where like my dad was a blue collar guy, right? Mm -hmm. And he had his bowling night. Right. That's that's what he had. And I think unlike most guys that had a bowling night, my dad always brought myself and my brother with uh, with him. Um and you know, he gave us a $5 bill. This is a long time ago. $5 was more money than it is now. And that's what we got for the night. And that was for pinball machines, hot dogs, popcorn, whatever. You know? Um so and then through my first marriage, that whole family were huge bowlers. Like, I mean, one of them owned a bowling alley. So it's like bowling was... So, I mean, this movie touched me maybe in a way that it won't touch a lot of people, but it gave me a lot of really overall positive vibes. Just like... I, Because, I mean, bowling, if you think about it, is it's like the quintessential American sport. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it, isn't, it isn't like golf where you got to pay a million dollars to do it. It isn't like baseball or football where you have a kid who's on the team. It's something you can do, right? And you can do it for the cost of the shoes in the lane. It's like 12 bucks and you can participate in a sport. Now, I mean, yeah, a lot of us suck at it. Sometimes <laughs> we put the bumpers up. We do whatever else. Um, but I think it was a great tie-in and especially for the family dynamic because that in my, in my world, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. You know, like I totally get it. And to go back to what you're saying about it being a surprise, yeah, it was a surprise to me, too, because it was really enjoyable. Like, I enjoyed the movie. Um, and, yeah, there's a Heaven's Gate-ish cult thing where they were all synchronized to the Ascension, you know? They made sure they all had their Nikes on and ate their pudding and all that shit. Um, but something about the baby blue track suits and how they were... I, I, there was just something about it that it the cult piece of it as much as it was a cult and like if you don't like cults i mean you'd automatically just be like nope i don't like that but it coalesced around something very understandable and but it also turned them into sort of like the faceless mob mm -hmm. too at the same time and it in our country today the faceless mob is definitely a thing so i mean it was really easy to understand and it was really easy to, to get on board and to have somebody to root for you know and then with the daughter and her dad, their dynamic. And, you know, he's just constantly pressing her about what boy she's trying to impress. And finally, she's like, it's not a boy. And the dad was like, what? <laughs> you know, but I, but I think they approached that like in a very real world tone, like a dad would be like, what? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and not in a place where you've given people time to understand and digest things, you know, just, you just have that shock factor. So they, I think they did that really well too. And, but it was all, but it was all approached with a level, especially the dad, the daughter, and then her love interest. It was, it was approached from a very realistic point of view, but also a, like a certain level of 
understanding and humility that I think a lot of those don't get approached with in other movies. And mm. it's so it, it takes away the whole I don't agree and I need to wave a flag and all it take it took all that shit away and just made it a panic misunderstood father, a panicked misunderstood daughter. And it's like, oh, and by the way, there's this huge situation that we have to get out of. So maybe we'll focus on that for a minute. <laughs> you know, it was it, it was really good. I was really I was impressed with that movie. You know, I will say a lot of times with the the cult dynamic, um, I think one of the drawbacks to to some of them at least have been, you know, there there are definitely occasions where it kind of just feels like we kind of like have just like a ragtag group of people who are just kind of like. Oh, well, I need a purpose. So they're all just kind of like veering in the same direction. You know, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of cohesion. Uh, so at least with Terrace Lanes, when it comes to like the whole get up, having the track suits, having, you know, the white mask, the faceless mask that, you know, you you had on display and you were, you know, you're posting in the discord. Um, I felt like that really brought a lot to the table, uh, at, at least in that regard. And you know, I, I know outside of that, like we we'd also checked out, um, uh, you know, one of the new Shutter releases uh, the week before that. That was Destroy All Neighbors, uh, which kind of like had that Destroy All Humans like intro. Which the the intro of that movie, I had a lot of fun with, but like for for a movie that is completely grounded in audio engineering, the audio mix of that movie had me wanting to pierce my eardrums. I'm not going to lie, because it was kind of, like, all over the place. Because we, we just go from, like, really low uh, volume when it comes to, like, the characters talking to one another to the neighbor, who's played by uh, Alex Winter, which was fantastic, uh, just blaring music. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like, I feel like I had to constantly, like, hit my slider, like, on my mixer. Uh, when you were yeah. streaming that. So, like, I I will say Shutter Originals, uh, I, I would say, like, over the past couple of years, like, they there have been some absolute standouts. There have been ones that have, like, obviously, like, kind of, like, made waves in the, uh, the, like, the festival circuit then eventually get picked up and acquired and distributed uh, exclusively through Shutter, and then they slap, you know, the Shutter uh, title on it. And th those have been well uh, have been doing fairly well, but this one kind of, uh, kind of more middle of the road. There was like another one, like there was a, oh shit, I'm trying to remember the name of the other one that came out last year. There was like an exorcism movie and it was like another horror comedy that didn't quite hit the mark for me. I'm trying to remember oh, the name. About, sorry about the demon. Yeah, that was the, yeah, that one. That was another one that kind of like felt in, in similar vein, uh, where it just didn't quite hit the mark for me, but it just... The the audio on that one was enough of a, of a detractor to like really take me out uh for for the the most part of that so like I felt kind of bad because like obviously like I, I want to go in I I want to like really try to like embrace what this movie is trying to do and you know there were some really fun things like uh with, with the music aspect of it and you know seeing like this guy trying to like complete his uh his prog rock album. <laughs> You know, by by the end of the movie, it's like a race against the clock because, like, obviously, like, the cops are, like, honing in on him by the end of the movie. Uh, and then things get, like, really absurd. Uh, but, you know, there were some really fun elements uh, with with the comedy in regards to, uh, you know, the neighbor, obviously, because, like, he's the, the antagonist in this movie. And, you know, obviously, like, 
as you would come to expect, a new neighbor and him aren't getting along, and you know he's always playing his his uh his music that's always blasting. You know the guy can't get any of his work done. The white the the girlfriend seems to be doing just fine with it and isn't trying to make a big deal of it. But like the guy's too much of a pussy to like really to go out of his way to like try to like you know go over knocking door just say like hey can like can you turn the music down? But no, it's like. You know, eventually he grows a pair and, uh, you know, there, there's kind of like a slip for lack of a better term when it comes to, uh, you know, the guy working out next door and he ends up accidentally decapitating himself. Uh, and then, you know, we, we have the, the, the montage of him, like, listening to, uh, like this audio tape of like, well, how do we dispose of a dead body? And I, you know, I thought that part was actually uh, very entertaining. And, and seeing like all the different like body parts really like brought me back to like Return of the Living Dead. So like I was, I was definitely fucking with that. Uh, but just one of those scenes where it's like, it's a really hard movie to rate because like there were some really fun elements, but like I, I felt like the detractors were sounding off a lot more for me than a lot of the more positive aspects of that movie. So it's just like, ugh, I, I might have to give it another shot like later down the road. But for me, it's just kind of like one of those scenes where, you know, kind of just like trying to find like, okay, where where's the need a mark for this movie? Because there, there were things that I liked, there were things that I didn't like. So it's just kind of like floating in that middle range. Yeah, I'm right there with you with the floating in the middle range. And I'm also on board with the, <clears throat> excuse me, beer went down the wrong pipe. The the sound in that movie, because there's, so if I'm seeing a movie in the theater, I understand that I have no control over, you know, my environment and I'm just there. And when I know that I'm making a movie that's going to be video on demand, I think a little bit more attention needs to be paid to the levels in that movie because I was the same way where I, w I was literally turning my volume up and down with the movie and I shouldn't ever have to do that. Right. You know, and when the music assaults you, like, and it's, I know that there are times in certain movies where you have to turn shit up to an 11 and just go, <laughs> right? But when it's like every seven or eight minutes mm -hmm. and it's not for an actual reason in the movie, it's just because the guy is enjoying his prog rock it's like well that's great but like back it down a little bit so i don't have to go whoa or if i have headphones on i don't gotta like right. knock my headphones off and be like oh my god um so did i enjoy that movie i enjoyed it i thought the story was cool the characters were good i was having to be very cognizant of the sound level and so that turned it into work Mm -hmm. And then once once it gets turned into work, then I'm like, eh. and then it, I'm kind of where you are. It's really hard to judge it because I was having to, you know, meter things the whole time. So right. it's like, eh. but I enjoyed the premise. If I can find a or somebody goes back through and remixes it and gets the sound figured out, maybe it'll be pretty good. Yeah, if I'm having to basically uh, shift between having the audio at 100 percent on my my mixer to 75 percent. More than twice. That is that is definitely an issue. Uh, because I, I definitely did it more than that. It was definitely double digits at that point. Um, and kind of like the other new VOD release that we checked out uh, at the start of the month was Eileen, uh, which was more, more of a dr like a suspense slash drama. Yeah. Uh, a couple of horror elements to it, but like not a whole lot. But honestly, like out of out of all the titles that we did watch, uh, at least for Twisted Tuesday, like, to me, like, that was, 
I mean, outside of Trunk, because I really did like that one, but, like, that's fresh on the mind. Uh, but Eileen was definitely more noir. You know, it's definitely uh, more of a throwback piece. Obviously, a couple of more notable... Dormouse. <laughs> Dormouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and I think you're... I think you're absolutely right. And I... You know, for those... It's... And I... This is me being a stickler for the record, so don't so don't take mm. this as good or bad. But it's like when you talk about horror, it's like I want to see horror. I yeah. don't I don't want to see nuevo horror, you know. And that's just me being an asshole because I because I can be. Um, so Eileen, I did not give it much credit when we watched it. Um, from that you know, stalwart hands on the hips. This isn't a horror movie position. Um. But I did go back and watch it again later, and my score on it went up quite substantially for the movie that it is. Mm -hmm. um, not that we were watching a horror movie. So Eileen is definitely one worth checking out and watching. It, it, is it a legit straight-up horror movie? No, it's not. It's a it's psychological horror-ish, thriller-ish, drama-ish. You know, it's a lot of issues. There's lots of issues in there. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a good movie. It was a good movie. My second watch was much better than my first. Yeah, and uh, it was a, a rare uh, lesbian, uh, <laughs> you know, prison movie. So we also had that, but definitely a lack in some departments in that area. So not not that kind of movie, unfortunately. Uh, it was not. It was not chained heat. No, no definitely, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'm trying to think like what else has come out. Oh, the the other theatrical release that I saw, and I, I know there were there were more out there. Um. Like, I know, for instance, I'm pretty sure you went and saw ISS. I did. And that was one that I did not bother with, but that I'm pretty sure that was the same production company that also did Out of Darkness, wasn't it? Wasn't it like Bleecker Street? Yes. Yep. Bleecker Street. Yep. Yeah. And ISS uh, sucked the hair right off my ass <laughs> and Out of Darkness did not. So there you go. ISS was fucking terrible. It yeah. was fucking terrible. I mean, and I... I try to choose my words carefully when describing a movie, but fucking terrible is literally the best I can do with that movie. Talk about a movie that had no idea what it wanted to be, did not use any of the suspense in the movie to its credit. It, it like wasted every opportunity. It had to be suspenseful. And then in the end, none of it fucking mattered anyway. <laughs> like this whole thing, it just didn't fucking matter. Um, now, characters. Okay, so... Three astronauts, three cosmonauts. Characters were 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 good. Okay. The characters were good. The rest of it, the story, everything else sucked. It was just bad. <laughs> so I tried. I spent my fifteen dollars. Everyone should be happy, but it was uh yeah. I I walked out of there and it's it's really rare for me to walk out of a theater and just kind of hold my head and go, What the fuck? Right. Like what the actual fuck? But I did that for ISS. But it, it was science fiction. It was the space. I mean, okay. The the one thing this movie truly succeeded in, it succeeded like in spades. We should have a parade. Is it made space boring? Okay. <laughs> so I mean, like I, I like sci-fi movies. I, it, when you can make space boring, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so. I, and I, I know that you'll eventually watch it just because you're a glutton for fucking punishment. <laughs> I'm sure I will. <laughs> but I ultimately think that you will see exactly what I saw, that it was just like it was it was it was wild boring. 
I mean, mm. and I like twists and turns in movies. That's great. But when you twist and turn in a movie and then you come back around full circle and then you're like, here I am. And then two minutes later, huh, sorry, didn't matter anyway. Oh, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. I, I was pissed. I was I was grumbling in my seat while I was watching that movie. And I don't usually do that. I'm not the I'm not the theater talker. And I was like, literally, like, you've got to be fucking kidding. Me. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, that's uh, that's duality for you. <laughs> um, but the 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 other new genre release that I saw in theaters, uh, I'm not sure if you saw this one. I I watched Founders Day. <laughs> I did not. Which because... was I'm pretty I'm pretty sure came out the same week as ISS, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yeah, I, I, me, I I had a choice not to. <laughs> I, that, that is true. I did tell you not to just like you told me not to uh, watch ISS. Um, what, what I will say is, you know, obviously, like, when I first saw the trailer, and granted, this is a movie I saw the trailer for maybe one time, maybe twice at the most in the theaters, I was like, huh, Founders Day. I'm like, are we, are we going back to, like, the 80s where we're just gonna turn literally any event into a slasher movie? Because if that's the Mm -hmm. case, I'm on board for it. So I was like, you know, that alone was reason enough for me to be like, well, it's a January release, fuck it. I'm going to go see it. So let's see how this is. So obviously going in, I'm just like, all right. I don't remember anything about this trailer. I don't even remember what this movie's about. All I know is there's probably going to be an election and there's probably going to be people dying. And uh, sure enough, both of those things happened. <laughs> so, so mission accomplished. Uh, we got my two expectations out of the way. Um, now, with that being said, it is a slasher movie. Uh, kills... Not the greatest, but, like, they weren't terrible. So, like, I would say pretty standard uh, on that front. Uh, nudity? Completely lacking. None, none at all. Like, at the most, you see, like, one of, like, the... One of the students, like, stripped down a little bit, but she, you know, still has, like, a skirt and her, her bra on. So, you know, despite the fact that... You know, you have, like, the fucking uh, Machine Gun Kelly fucking lookalike uh, trying to bane her in detention on, on the teacher's desk. Um, but but I will say, like, overall, when it comes to, like, these political-centric genre titles, and, like, obviously, like, probably the first scene that will come to mind for a lot of people is, like, The Purge. And with especially like the election year uh, one, I will say like the third act of this movie had a lot more going on than what people would probably expect for a slasher movie. Hmm. So like I, I will say like if there's one reason to check it out, it's for that reason, because you, you really don't know, like, how deep-rooted things actually are until, like, you get to the reveals of the movie, and, like, that completely caught me by surprise, so I, I still gave it a passing grade, but overall it was a fairly average movie-going experience, but for, like, a, a January release, I enjoyed that one a hell of a lot more than I did Night Swim, so... Uh, definitely felt like a night and day differential between the two. Uh, but, you know, it was it was also one of those movies, though, that it's like, you know, I'm trying to, like, find information on it in regards to, like, theater counts and all that. I was like, oh, well, let's see how it did in the box office. You know, I look it up and, like, I can't even find data for it. So I don't even know if it was a wide release or it was a limited release or, uh, or, or, or what the ordeal was. 
uh, on that front. Let me see if there's an update on it <laughs> before. Well, I... but I mean, but that ultimately becomes the hardest part of some of these movies, right? Is it's like, um, even though I think, for example, um, for uh, with ISS, you know, it was a Bleecker Street production mm-hmm. and it was fucking awful. And then I went to do the AMC thing and they literally, you have no idea what the movie is until it starts. Right. And then it starts and it was like, oh, okay. So this movie was on my list. It wasn't high on my list, but it was on my list. Like, okay, this is 2024. It's new. It's uh, technically horror, but I, I, at this point I would call it horror adjacent. <clears throat> um, but at the same time, um, it's like when you see, this is always the hard part, right? You see a production company or you see an executive producer or you see one of these things and you're just if for people that watch a lot of movies, those things very easily conjure up an idea in your mind. And you're mm-hmm. just like, because like I saw Bleecker Street and I had immediately was like, uh, fuck, like because I, I had just seen ISS. I'm like, this is just going to be. And I was I was thoroughly impressed by Out of Darkness. I mean, and. It's one of those things where you have to. We'll put it this way. I, 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 you know me, I'm not really a social media guy, mm-hmm. right? So, but out of this movie, one of the things they said is, <clears throat> you know, go and join this Instagram page and do this and do that. And you can get some stuff. And I got some stuff. So that was cool. Um, but I got into several discussions about this. And basically what I broke it down to is out of darkness is going to be a thinking person's movie. That's what it's going to be. If you're not a thinking person, you're not going to like it. And from all the responses that I got, that was very clear. <laughs> it was very clear. The movie was fucking stupid. But, well, well, okay, it wasn't. Okay, but, okay, since you think that, tell me why it was fucking stupid. And it was like, well, well, well there wasn't a lot of good kills and boobies and all that. And it's like, okay, I get it. The movie, it, it wasn't a slasher movie. So it really didn't need those things. So, so tell me again why it's stupid. And... Um, honestly, it generated a pretty solid discussion. And, um, basically what I broke it down to is that it is people as a whole, as we, as we reach out to other people. Okay. And I said this before, it's not going to be a new thing for you, but as connected as we are today, I also think we are, have never been farther apart (laughs) as people. Okay. And this movie is about connection and it's about the brutality of connection and how sometimes connection doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. But ultimately you should never stop trying to connect and you should never stop trying to do better. And that's what out of darkness was. Um, It's, it's one of those movies where, my wife and I walked out of it and it was like, we st- like we walk out of the theater. So we have this kind of ritual. It's like we walk out one, one of us uses the bathroom. It's usually me popcorn right through me. Just happens. We get out to the sidewalk. We have a quick talk. Like, what'd you think? Like just off the cuff. What'd you think? Give it a number. And we were both like eh, seven. Well, yeah. Okay. And then we walked to the car discussing and now we have a 15 minute drive home. Mm-hmm. And if the movie wasn't good, we don't talk about it on the way home. We talk about something else. 
We talked about it all the way home. And then we got home. You know, she got a glass of wine. I got a beer. And we were still talking about it. And regardless of what I think a movie might be in my head as far as a number goes, because numbers are just numbers. I mean, and I'm not going to. I'm not some douchebag film critic that thinks I know everything, whatever else. I'm just a guy that has an opinion. That's all I am, right? And the next morning, we were still talking about it. So for whatever it might be, it generated a lot of conversation in my life. I told a lot of my friends about it. I told you about it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, is it the greatest masterpiece ever? No, it, it probably not. But it, it generated a lot of conversation. And I think it's a lot of it's a film a lot of people should see because... I think depending on where you are in life, where depending on where you are on the socioeconomic scale, depending where you are in your immigration status and a lot of other things, there's things that generate conversation, and that's what good films do. Yeah, absolutely, because there's definitely been movie experiences that I walk out and, like, just radio silence. <laughs> you know, it's more the, the shell shock experience of, like, what the hell did I just watch? And then, you know, you're just trying to forget, like, the past two hours of your life because you're like, oh, shit, like, that's just two hours I'm not going to get back. But, yeah, that's definitely one that I, I did have on my radar. I've seen the trailer a couple of times, uh, you know, in theaters. It hasn't really been advertised, like, a, a lot, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, just kind of, like, the, the trailer definitely gave me kind of, like, Bone Tomahawk-esque vibes or even, like, Prey you know, with the, with the setting. It's very Prey vibes. My my wife actually brought that up. She was like, she said it gave her Prey vibes. So I think you're absolutely right there. I mean, this movie has got, it does a lot of unconventional things. um, And, but it uses those unconventional things to its betterment at every step. Now, it's a it's a sparse background. Dialogue is sparse and dialogue is subtitled in some combination of something Nordic and something Celtic. So I don't think it's even like a real language. OK, so so the whole thing is subtitled. Um, but these are not very verbose people either. Mm -hmm. So it's not it's not super wordy. Um, but the point of the movie where they get um where they sort of come out the other side is something that everybody can understand um and i i think that's what you have to take away from it you have to you can't just go oh and cross your arms and go well that wasn't a very good horror movie and it's like you're right it wasn't a very good horror movie it was a pretty good horror movie a great social commentary movie a great civilization movie a great history movie it was great on a bunch of levels, but it was a good horror movie. So you have to just, you have to like, you have to temper your expectations and just take that away from it. Absolutely. Now, with that being said, obviously, uh, our, our primary focus tonight is going to be on Nefarious because that was uh, the <clears throat> last movie we were hitting for our best of 2023. Uh, so for those that aren't familiar with Nefarious, I'll read you the synopsis for the movie. Uh, on the day of his scheduled execution, a convicted serial killer gets a psychiatric evaluation during which he claims he is a demon. And further claims that before their time is over, the psychiatrist will commit three murders of his own. Alright, now this is one that uh, I knew 
absolutely nothing about. Never even heard of it. Uh, didn't know what it was about. Hadn't seen any sort of trailers. Didn't really see any sort of reviews anywhere. Didn't see it really even being covered uh, on, like, any of, like, the traditional uh, horror sites that I visit. So, like, when you brought this one up, I, I was like... Haven't heard of it, so I'm very curious to check it out. Then, of course, you know, I, I looked into the IMDb, took a look at who was on the cast, and obviously, like, that definitely piqued my interest. Uh, more than, like, I, I, I will say, like, the, just, like, the general story did, at least, out of the gate. Um, but, but I will say, like, this movie, uh, is definitely more wordy than a lot of movies that we have seen here uh, for, for quite some time, I would say, and I'm not gonna say, like, that is a bad thing, I'm not gonna say it's a good thing, uh, but I will say it definitely was a nice change of pace, because we don't always really get these sort of, uh, character studies when it comes to our genre offerings. It did, uh, remind me a little bit in that vein of, like, say, like, the Exorcist 3, for example, uh, would be a good callback uh, on that front. But, you know, I, it, like, the first watch-through, I'm just like, okay, like, I'm definitely vibing with this movie. Uh, I'm involved in the character. I'm curious to see, like, okay, well, how are the three murders going to come into play? Um, and I, I will say, when it, when it comes to, like, a first viewing experience... I was a little bit more different on it the first time than it was the second time. I did enjoy it more the second time, but I felt like when it comes to the way that the story unravels and then when we kind of like get to the, the third act of the movie, the third act of the movie takes things in like a really different direction than kind of like what I was anticipating. And I, I don't really know how I felt about the third act. Like the first time I, I watched it, I was just like, wait, what? Because it just kind of, like, leaves things out there. And it's like, sure, like, when you do that, it, it still offers you some discussion at, at the end of the day. But at, at the same time, it's just like, well, like, well, that just didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Because, like, he's kind of, like, just going his own direction with it. So that kind of confused me. But but the character study of this movie at its core is really going to be the thing that, like, people are going to latch on to. Okay, so I think this film is very much in, um, I mean, let's call a spade a spade here. This is, uh, it's an independent movie, but I think funded and produced by, let's call it right-wingish people. Um, like, uh, what is it, Run, Hide, Fight, or, um, what was the latest one? The, uh, the sex trafficking movie, what was that one? Um... I'm not sure. Oh, it was the guy who becomes like a he become. It, it doesn't matter anyway. But it, so this one had that vibe, and and those often are a little off putting to me because I don't like the I don't like a movie that like puts me in a place where I feel like I've automatically chosen a side or like I don't I don't really like that. Um, at the same time though, I mean, so a Sean Patrick Flannery. I mean, like I mean. His acting in this movie being that just being twitchy and just like constantly just the way that he talked uh, to the psychiatrist and just just in the way he would just say, isn't that right, James? I mean, it was just it was so good. It was so good. And it was so. 
it was so convincing that that you you believe i mean i i came out of the whole thing like right away i believe i like i believed as a movie movie watcher that he was a demon mm-hmm. and that there was definitely two people inside that guy there was the the condemned inmate and then there was the demon nefariamus um so i it, for me that was it made it super believable up front but i th- i think you've really nailed it this the, the whole movie is a character study it really is and Like for me, what it tells me is that you can have somebody who is a highly esteemed doctor and then you can have somebody who is a convicted death row inmate and ultimately one is not better than the other. You know, Mm -hmm. we all participate and make decisions in our daily lives and do whatever else that have consequences. And um, so it leads you to sort of this like weird dichotomy of, well, it's like. Well, I'm doing all these things right. I got an education. I make lots of money. I do all these things. But it's like it, you ask yourself and you have to look in the mirror and say, well, how did I get here? You know, and with the three murders specifically, um, as he is dissecting, you know, the demon or Edward as he is. Um, and I believe Edward has... I'm trying to find it here in my notes. I, I believe Edward has three first names, which, I mean, come on, right there. You know, he's a he's just not a good guy. <laughs> if you got three first names, you, you don't have a good... You, you're just not a good deal. Yeah, Edward and Wayne Brady. Three first names. Nope. <laughs> you're pretty much... If you if you go into life and you make it past eight years old with three first names, they should just put you on death row because... <laughs> um, but that's just me. Um, but watching... And this is almost, if you think about it, most of this movie is very single setting, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would call this movie a slow burn, and usually I'm not a fan of slow burns. Usually I get bored, and I'm just like, you know, eventually the phone comes out, and you're like, meh, meh. But for me, I saw this in the theater the first time, so I, that really wasn't an option. And so it made me kind of focus. And the the interactions between these two and with the psychiatrist and how just kind of stiff he is and just not wanting to really hear any of this. And then with um, Edward or Nefariamus, as much as he is constantly feeding information and constantly working on trying to convince James that he is real um, and always giving him these little nuggets and they work so hard to build that foundation of like, well, how would I know this? How would I know this? How would I know this? You know, and everything from the death of his mother and him inheriting a bunch of money to his girlfriend, who he doesn't really like and kind of wants to break up with, who's going that day to have an abortion. Um, so, I mean, it from the right wing perspective, it it it's hitting on a lot of their really key bullet points. Um, which I could see for some people would be really off-putting. And if, I mean, if, if you're, if you're hardcore on the other side, this probably is not the movie for you, but from the aspect of just the characters and watching one person doing their best to try to, to do their job to the best of their ability, but then to be, for lack of a better term, to have their, their view and their sensibilities warped, like they get in this movie I, it was just for me it was just so awesome to watch i just loved every minute of it and this is definitely one of i mean really 
when it comes to like the the battle between good and evil, like that is the tale as old as time. You know, it's a really an age old story. Uh, you know, at this point, especially uh, that's become more famous. Uh, you know, with the use of you know pop culture uh, in our lives, and you know, and with with these types of movies, it's always you know about the protagonists of these stories. You know, coming out on top. You know, clinching the season that victory over evil. Uh, because you know, you know, it gives us some validation to really like overcome like our or or sort of doubts uh, in life, whether it is uh, you know with God or through other media's. And this one, I, I don't, I I can't say like outright like okay, this is a horror movie. This definitely more takes like the vehicle of like a thriller uh, approach to this when it comes to uh, the directors. Uh, and I, I know, like, I had mentioned this uh, initially, like, kind of, like, when we were going in, um, when you had picked it out, like, I was, like, I'm not really familiar with these guys, so I was, like, looking at the IMDb, and, like, I saw, like, what other movies they had directed, so I'm, like, okay, I know, I know this isn't, like, these aren't movies that I have seen, you know, they're not really movies that I, like, go out of my way to go watch in theaters either, because uh, I, I've never really been, like, a like I've like I've never been like a super like religious person like I grew up religious like because I'm like my mom's side of the family but like it's just not something I've really uh you know pursued uh later on in life so like it's it's always interesting watching these religious movies and seeing like what sort of impact it's going to have and like what exactly I'm going to take away from it at at the end of the day and you know there there were definitely like bullet points of this movie that like I'm just like okay, like I I can see kind of like kind of like where they're going, but I just felt like by the end of it, like when the movie ended, we had our credits, and then there was something beyond that. It was at that point where that this movie fucking lost me <laughs> when it came to the the book specifically, uh, and the and then the rewrite end of the story because like obviously, uh, you know the the inmate's goal at at for this is for him to publish this book and set it out into the world and for it to just exist. And, uh, you know, it, it does happen just not in the way that, you know, he initially, uh, was hoping it, it, it would. So it's just like, they're just kind of like laying it all out on the table and, you know, you can make up it what, what you will, but it's just like for, for a movie that is so dialogue heavy though, I, I think, the biggest drawback that I had, and and it, I'm not always going to say like this is a, a bad thing when it comes to like dialogue heavy films. There, there were definitely times when it felt like with with this character, things would kind of start sounding a little bit too repetitive. Like it would really, uh, it it can. It can slow down like the the movie's pace, and I know that's something that you mentioned because it was a slow burn. But but there are times where it's just like it's wanting to draw you in, but at the same time, it kind of like it kind of like pulled back on the chain a little bit. It, it made things feel a little bit too lax at times. So it's just like I I didn't really know like what position I'm supposed to be at in this movie, where it's just like I want to be invested, but like if we're using the same like vernacular when it comes to like the vocabulary, it's just like. Well, I felt like we've already kind of hit this note, so it's like, where where am I supposed to go from this point? Well, okay, so two things. Now, number one, like this book that he wanted written. Now, I I think it's it's almost like an allegory to books like uh, 
Mein Kampf, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay. Books that were written that we all know are fundamentally terrible, but it ultimately was just somebody writing down their ideas. Now, how you judge it is up to you. Mm -hmm. um, the, the moments that you talk about where you, you said you, they felt lax and they felt loose, to me, those were the most beautiful moments because those were the moments that the arms got spread and wrapped around you, but you didn't know who was hugging you. You didn't know if it was good or evil. And I think that was one of the beauty, the beautiful parts of this movie is that as as Nefariamas is talking and he talks about because I mean if you think about it, this is this is one of the rare movies where you have call it what it is, but we have an explanation or we have um you know a really good dialect from the bad side. Mm -hmm. And the bad side says, Hey, we were losing. We knew we were losing. You know, we we underestimated the power of the carpenter, you know, and I loved how he called him the carpenter. I thought that was I mean, so yeah, one thing to know about me, one of my best friends is a chaplain. OK, and he and I frequently have discussions about religion. Now, for me, I am agnostic on a good day. Mm -hmm. Most days it's like, nope. Um, but I it's fun for me to have someone who is such a close friend and who knows me so well that we get to talk about these things. And. I often talk about faith as a gift and faith is a gift that I have not yet been given. And I, I think that's the simplest way for me to put it. I'm not going to begrudge anybody else their faith. And I would hope nobody begrudges my lack of it. Um, but I find movies on religion. Fascinating. They fascinate the hell out of me. Um, Constantine is great. The Devil's Advocate is great. Legion is great. I love movies where they talk about it and they get into the nitty gritty. They talk about the details. They fascinate the hell out of me. Um, but this movie took it to me. It took it one step further and it made our quote unquote protagonist examine himself and look at his actual life decisions. And while they seemed. I don't even want to call them good because a couple of them weren't super good, mm -hmm. but like we'll call it righteous on the surface. Were they actually? Um, and again, as a thinking person, as someone who likes thinking person movies, this is one of those things where it made me think about the things that I've done in life and the simplest things like they talk about him, you know, euthanizing his his terminally ill mother. And it's like, well, OK, that sounds bad. But at the same time, it's like we live in a country where it's legal to euthanize your dog if it's suffering. But in most states, it's not legal to euthanize a person if it's suffering. And to me, that's just ridiculous. You know, if someone if someone is suffering, why would you force them to continue to suffer? It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so it so it sort of brings up that that sort of flashpoint. They definitely cover the abortion piece and they. And to me, that's maybe one of the spots where they maybe lingered a little too long. Like, I get what you're trying to tell me, so let's just speed it up a little bit here. Um, but overall, with his book and, and the writings and how we, we get to the end and, you know, James took the writings and, you know, instead of it being a quote-unquote call to action, he has rewritten it as a warning for society. Um that I think is very much like 
a super like a hyper religious alt right viewpoint where it's like you see what's happening to the world we're all like doomed to damnation um but at the same time you look at our society and it's like it's kind of easy to see just you know anecdotally through what we see you know people don't have value for life anymore people just do things willy-nilly and so i this is one of the rare movies it, where to your point about it being dialogue heavy i was loving the dialogue i was loving the slow burn and i was loving the build-up you know and, and getting to the point where even where you have edward versus nefariamus and the various times when one or the other was in control and you saw the differences between the two and like up to the point where nefariamus even robbed edward of his last meal I mean, that's uh, so that that like reeked of a cruelty to me, like, you know, and that's what made the demon part of it even more believable. It's like, you know, it's like all he wanted was a cheeseburger and a milkshake and extra thick. And it's like and he even took that away from this guy. I mean, and the condemned prisoner, I mean, let's face it, he was not a genius by any stretch of the imagination. And you you frequently hear about people that are on death row and you hear about their their IQs and how maybe they're not able to actually decide for themselves and it so it makes it more of an approachable real world problem and it makes you rethink your thoughts on well it's like well if you're on death row you probably did something so we just kind of wave it away but it I, I think this movie is is one that if you watch it it makes you rethink almost in totality your view of the world and a lot of the things that you've you've thought and I don't know that you would necessarily change your opinions because most of us don't. Most of us are pretty set in our ways. But getting to Edward's execution and watching that, that is where I say this becomes a horror movie. Mm -hmm. It truly does. That I've watched this movie, I think, maybe six times now. That is really, really hard to watch. Yeah, and it's important to note, too, like, this is someone who uh, had involvement in, I want to say it was, like, six murders, uh, you know, when he when he made it to, to death row at this point in time. Uh, and, of course, like, a lot of suspicions are raised just due to the fact that, like, you know, obviously, like, we have these behavioral patterns that, you know, we're seeing from him, and it's really the question, uh, his sort of, like, sanity, whether he is actually uh, possessed by a demon, and... For for me, I think the key scene in this movie that that I'm just like, all right, where are they gonna take this? Is you know when we have that that face off type moment when it's just one on one between the psychiatrist and Edward, and you know you have that moment of okay, well invite me in, <laughs> you know, if if you don't believe I'm a demon, then let me take control of your body, essentially. And this, you know, this is like after like the initial like warning him that you know the psychiatrist is gonna end up committing three murders before that whole thing unravels over the course of time. But but I just I, I love those moments where it's just like, well, if you're in a position and you feel like you don't have anything to lose and you're still showing restraint or unwillingness, to, like actually come through with this, then like obviously. You know, there, there's a lot more to it than what you're actually, like, putting on. And and I love the fact that they actually took, the like, the five minutes there to, like, really dive into that. Because, like, that's really when, like, you put your feet on the ground and you and you see what's what. 
in this sort of situation. So like the the behavioral patterns of the character are are by far and large the best part of this movie. Uh, you know, through thick and thin, and like it's probably the reason why I, I will recommend it to people. Like I did get a lot of like Exorcist three vibes uh, from from Edward in this case, uh, so, which is what I mentioned. You know, kind of like at the, at the intro of this. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to say, like, I'm, like, that I was raving about this movie, but, like, when you spend as much time of a character like this, and you kind of, like, get to see the different personalities, and, of course, you know, they kind of, like, go into, like, the whole, like, medical side of that, too, about, like, you know, whether he does have mul multiple uh, personality disorder, because we have seen it in other movies. Uh, I mean, I think most commonly people, like, look at, uh, like, Glass, uh, for for example, uh, probably being like the most standout in at least like in recent years, um, and seeing like how 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 little those personas came to life. And while this one doesn't have you know as much depth to to like that side of it because it is just the two because it is, uh, you know Edward and then you do have the demon, uh, you know in this case, but it's just like when you're already that heavily involved in the two, you don't really need to expand it into like even more beyond that um so like i i thought for for what it was knowing how contained it was at least in regards to the personality disorders that this character is clearly suffering from um they did a, a really good job at that but you know it's it's the slow reveals okay like i i understand that that's that's all well and good um yeah, you, you did mention, like, they, they do kind of, like, spend a lot more time on the importance side of it. And, like, I, I understand why they do that. I mean, obviously, like, when it comes to, like, some of the heavier topics, those tend to be the ones that they're going to more heavily rely on when it comes to, like, getting that sort of message across if, you know, if you are on, like, that side of the fence. Um, but it, I, I feel like, regardless of that, though... You know, there, there's definitely something to be said about media that tries to push agendas or just hones in on it a little bit too much. And I, I don't think this one is as heavy-handed as we have seen with some other titles, um, which is good. But but I feel like this is enough... Of, it focuses enough on it to, like, kind of... I don't think it's, like, going to sway anyone's opinion, you know, regardless of that. No matter how good of a movie this, this is going to be for uh, some people... But but the whole idea of just possessing Edward's body and then like trying to like basically seize control of another human being is just the more fascinating part because it's like okay he's like oh he says he's gonna murder three people like is he actually gonna be able to like seize control of the psychiatrist and then we're gonna have like a freak out moment where he like kills one of the guards and he just goes on a rampage like the the ideas that you might have in your head about like where they can take things. I think is just fantastic, but you know, obviously, it's not super realistic in in, in that regard, because you know he, he does not take control of, of the psychiatrist, unfortunately. But it just it, it made me giggle because it, like the ideas in my head at the time were just like wandering like so far out of left field. I'm like, this is just too absurd. There's no way this movie is gonna take it in this direction. Um, so, so at, while it's fun to, like, flirt with the idea of, like, oh, he's actually gonna go on a mass murder spree, and then, like, huzzah, like, he's gonna free him and do all this other shit, that's not actually what happens at all, but, man, just, the, the character in itself was just so fascinating, and it's, it, that alone is worth actually, you know, sitting down, I can't remember how long this movie was, um, I don't know if I had the runtime on hand, looks like it was... 97 minutes, 97 minutes. Okay, which is... 
Which is interesting, too, because a lot of the, the more, like, religious-heavy movies tend to be, you know, two-plus hours on top of that as well. Well, exactly right. And so as much as this movie is... I mean, because, I mean, there's a point where they bring a priest in, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, and there's a moment where the guy's like, you know, the, the inmate, he freaks out. He's like, I don't want you here. You know, so he it's there's such this back and forth in, in a lot of points in this movie with both the 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 personality part of it, but then also the religion part of it, where it's like everybody understands their fear of everybody else and that everybody the, the cool part about this movie is that everybody who's involved in this has some power mm -hmm. and it's all about how they choose to wield it. And I think that's where the three murders thing comes in because it, for me, what it made me think about was like, okay, so if I were to just define the word murder, what is murder? Um, and it, to the inmates, to Edward's point, um, yes, technically, throughout this movie, the psychiatrist James is party to three murders. If you, it, as is defined by mostly the law of the land. Now, I know it depends on what state you go to and whatever else, and there's some, there's some uh, intrinsic differences. I get that. Um, but ultimately, he is. You know, so it's like, it, throughout the whole thing, I mean, one of the things that it really kind of preaches is that a lot of what's happening in this film is not based on what you think mm. it's not based on what you feel it's based on what is and and what is is our laws and what they're written down as and what you can be held accountable for you know and even getting towards the end of the movie after edward is executed and fucking brutally it's he's brutally executed and they don't spare you any there's <laughs> there's no uh, cogitating towards your feelings or trying to spare you anything in this. You see him, like, literally, oh, he's not dead, hit him again. <laughs> and they hit him again. The first one never does the trick. It never does the trick. It never. It's just, why is it never that easy? I don't know. Um, but then in the end, watching James, he's sitting next to a detective that had um, investigated a bunch of this guy's murders, and he's like, this guy's a piece of shit, and whatever else, and he takes that guy's gun, and he tries to kill himself, like he literally does, and the his gun, for whatever reason, does not fire, and that comes into play a little bit later when he's talking to, if you can believe it or not, Glenn Beck. He's on the Glenn Beck show, which is, that's where you really know that you are alt-right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's no way, there's no way that you can possibly mistake that. And he talks about the writing and he talks about there was a dent in the primer and it didn't. Uh, but I, I ultimately for this, I mean, this movie. So skip the very beginning with the first psychiatrist suicide. Skip the very end where we have the talk show nonsense. Um, and focus on the characters in the middle and enjoy that for what it is, because there is a good story told there. And there's a lot of information. There's a lot of, from a psychiatric perspective, I would call fourth wall breaking, where they break down. Well, it's like, we don't call it multiple personalities anymore. It's actually called this, mm -hmm. you know? And they they kind of dispel a lot of that. Like, they, they have this ability to use all this 
like call it psychiatry magic to call things and and they don't they don't rest on that they they break it down further which is not something that a lot of movies do but then we get to the you know the very end of our movie where our psychiatrist is walking out and he sees a homeless person at the dumpster and she now turns around and looks at him and says did you miss me james i mean and while I don't think it was necessary, I think it was a fucking flawless end. It was honestly flawless. It was just like, oh, well. And it, it felt a little bit like maybe there'll be a part two a little bit, that little stinger at the end where I'm going to give you more. But it also felt like validation for the whole thing, for the whole movie. It was like the whole movie's validating pinnacle moment where it was like... Mm -hmm. Yep, that was a demon, and the demon can be wherever he wants, whenever he wants. And guess what? Here he is again. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, shamelessly, I I loved Nefarious. I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, like I said, I've watched it five or six times now. It gets better every time I watch it. I and I I'm unapologetic for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I definitely do appreciate like the duality of the character because like when we do get to see like the true Edward when he does emerge from you know the control of uh, Nefarious, you know, we we see he's really like depicted as like this weak, uh, crying, twitching, kind of like stuttering, uh, and and obviously like a deeply traumatized person uh, who's in a really outright believing that he is being punished. Uh, you know, by the crimes of this demon. Um, and, you know, obviously, like, there's there's a lot of distress involved with that, uh, especially when it comes to the conversation that he, that he does have, uh, you know, with James. And, you know, you have, you know, Nefarious resurfacing and seizing back control of the body uh, just, you know, to, like, wrap up their sort of, like, dialogue and, and, and back and forth. Um, but it, but what's interesting too, though, is like when it comes to like the psychiatrist character, like with James, like I felt like a lot of his attitude towards a, a lot of like Edward's claims to like when it comes to like the the demonic side of things, like his attitude was very like nonchalant about it. Uh, <laughs> Which, which I, I thought was pretty interesting. Like, it, it was kind of like one of those scenes where it's like, you know, entering this cell, he, he was pretty much, like, on a one-track mind. It's like, there's no possible way this guy is sane, you know? No one's gonna, like, walk into me and be like, yep, that's clearly a demon. You know, it's not like he's, like, climbing on the ceiling or any, like, weird shit like that. Nope, he's just sitting down, chained down to a chair, you know, not not spinning his head around, not, not, you know, no sort of, like, typical nonsense that you would come to expect from uh, a sort of, like, possession-type movie or demonic movie uh, in that, right? So, like, in some ways, like, when it comes to, like, this sort of, like, portrayal, like, it did feel really grounded. And, of course, a lot of that is also just due to the fact that, you know, we are in, you know, a death row sort of setting. So, like, obviously, like, he's not going to be, like, flying all over the place or, or doing crazy shit like that. So I thought, like... Just with that, too, it, it really did help, like, kind of, like, separate itself uh, from a lot of similar titles uh, when it comes to, you know, these sort of, like, demonic possession movies, too. That's funny that you say that, because my first thought, at least from the psychiatrist's perspective, is that he was walking in there and he was just ready to rubber stamp. This guy's fine. He's a murderer, whatever else, you know, and he's got to sell me. And... 
it, it's kind of like you know he was the you know the, the Nefariamus was like the Kirby vacuum cleaner salesman, and you know he had to sell the housewife on the virtues of the Kirby vacuum cleaner, and <laughs> you know the reality of you know because there's a there's a moment in the movie where when Nefarious says to him he's like you don't understand James I want to be executed, mm-hmm. you know, and that was the point where I think the psychiatrist was like well, wait a minute. So I think that you're a killer who should be executed, but you're also a nutcase who's saying you want to be executed. And that equation doesn't equal out, and he has to struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll say it again. The movie does a great job of doing that and, and like, making you think and just... I, uh, for me, maybe not everyone will get this, but it's, like, for me, it was, like... It makes you look at your entire life and all the decisions, like the really important decisions you've made and like, did I do them right? And is, is again, not being a religious person, but is there somewhere an accountant who is keeping track of things and your ledger's full of red ink? And it's like, if you get there, it's like, well, what do you do once you get there? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, characters, story again like i said i find religion fascinating this is it's i mean films like the exorcist that take it to a level that no one will ever touch again um uh i said legion i love legion um i love constantine the last right is really good for me um for religion movies where they make it a central theme um and moreover a central theme where it's like do you believe it or do you not believe it Mm -hmm. um this one's going to end up like and this is including things like the exorcist this is going to end up probably in my top 10 possibly my top five of like movies i've ever watched when it comes to a religious theme um (laughs) it really hit me it hit me hard yeah, one of the other story points, too, um, that I really liked is, you know, we, we kind of, like, get to the point where, like, the the warden uh, is obviously, like, and I was like, all right, well, we got X amount of time, and, you know, like, I, I need an answer. Like, we, we need to get, like, the sample of approval when it comes to, like, the uh, mental stability of, of our inmates so we can, like, actually proceed, uh, you know, with the electrocution. Because, uh, you know, we got to, like, perform the mayor and do, like, all this, this other stuff. Uh, so, you know, we we need to have that sort of endorsement. And then this is really at the point where, like, Nefarious is really starting to taunt James when it comes to, uh, you know, committing that third murder of the night. Which, of course, like, you know, if you're keeping track, it's it's very obvious what the third murder is is going to be because like it's it's literally right there and right and you know it's basically uh edwards uh you know hidden hidden the electric chair um but yeah like when it came to like the the viewing experience of like obviously like you know you you have a room full of people it's like you don't really have like a ticket to go watch the execution but obviously you did have the detective who was already attached to like some of the other murders now granted i don't know if he was like at the start of the six murders or if he came in you know further up you know down the road or anything but like obviously like his viewing experience for that was drastically different than what we got uh out of james but the 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 whole gun (laughs) point of that was just like 
Like I, I, I understood like, like, for example, like him wanting to try to kill himself after that, like, because like he, he's just so guilt-ridden at that point because like he, he did do exactly what Edward said he was going to do. Like he committed that third murder and that was just too much for him to handle at that point in time. Well, like the explanation behind it and then like how they, they kind of like treated it as like, oh, well, like someone was looking out for you. It was like divine intervention. I'm like, but that's that's just not how the gun would work. Like, this just I have to like take the real world aspect out of it because it's just like it's just going to fry my fucking brain. Just like it would with Edward when he's on the uh, on the okay. electrocution chair. OK, fair enough. But I would I would say this. Watch the movie again. And then when you're watching it and you get to that scene, think about earlier when James invited Nefariamus in. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't think it was divine intervention at all. Okay. I think it was, for lack of a better term, demonic intervention because they wanted him to keep going and they wanted him to spread their word. Mm. So there's a, there's a moment in the viewing chamber where you see James just go, his his head just shakes. And that is the moment, I think, where Nefariamus accepted his invitation. Mm, yeah. And so when he does all of that, the I think he wants the people to see that he is grief-struck and panicked and everything else because it gives him, in a sense, a certain purification. Like he's purifying himself of the decision that he's made and he showed that he wanted to cleanse himself of the decision he made by the attempted suicide which doesn't work the gun doesn't go off so he gets to come out of that sort of beaten down and sort of uh blemished but not dead so then from there his voice gets louder and louder and louder so so watch it again and look for that moment you will see it you'll see when it happens you, you will see when he is, he just twitches right, but he's mm -hmm. taken over. And then from there, I don't think it has anything to do with Divinity. I think it has to do with, it, it's all, we'll call it the devil, taking, taking control of things and pulling the strings from there. And it's, I think it was probably the third time I watched it that I saw that and was like, wait a minute, what the fuck was, and I like backed up and I'm like, he does this little twitch of his head and I'm like, Oh, that's where the invitation was accepted. Okay. Because th the whole point with him inviting Nefariamus in is that just because he didn't accept his invitation at that moment didn't mean that he wasn't going to accept it later. Mm -hmm. Because once you extend an invitation, it's open. Yeah. And then he took it eventually. So, I, again, I, it, religion, demons. I mean, you're always going to get me right there. But this is one of those ones I think, honestly, was so well done. And if you if you dig into the finer points of it and you watch it and you really let it kind of just take over you, it's it's so good and it makes you think and it's it, it, it gives you more a like a look at your own self and your own life and the decisions that you make and how you don't have any idea how the things that you decide might affect other people. And maybe we should all do a little bit more of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, you already kind of like touched up on the ending uh, just a little bit. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, like it, the demon does eventually possess the uh, the middle aged, like homeless lady uh, who eventually, you know, chases down James at, at the end of this. 
Uh, but it, it does, it does like kind of like leave us with a, a little bit of uncertainty when it comes to like obviously like the ultimate fate of James in the grand scheme of things. Like obviously, like we can kind of like we can assume that like the demon is still in pursuit uh, of of James at the end of it, end of it, and hasn't really left him uh, at, at that point in time. Um, but yeah, like. All in all, it was a good movie. Very, very dialogue heavy. I, I think the thing, though, like when it comes to like Twisted Tuesday, though, that I really struggle with just knowing that there was a lot of dialogue in this movie. It's just like, you know, when we're trying trying to talk about it as it's happening, <laughs> you know, like it's, hard. it's very it's hard because like there's really no pauses, you know, that you, know, you don't have like those stereotypical breaks that we get uh, with, you know, our typical, you know, view adventures. Well, on the bright side, if we keep watching movies on Amazon Prime, now we'll have ads. So we'll have that. We'll have that time to. <laughs> yeah, like that was the that was the other thing. It's just like, oh yeah, we have limited ads, and we're like, I got the problem. It's like, oh yeah, we you can uh, have the ad free viewing experience for two ninety nine, and I'm just like, when the fuck did this happen? I don't yeah, even know this was a thing. It, it must have happened literally that day. And I'm like, well, yeah, how much yeah. is limited ads? And like the first one, I think, was like a minute. The one after that was like 15 seconds, maybe 30 mm-hmm. at the most. So honestly, here's the thing. You know, you can say what you will about streaming services. Uh, you know, you could talk about uh, 2B and, you know, the ad breaks there for, you know, a free service. And obviously, like, that's a little bit more egregious because it is a free service. So it's kind of like... Mm-hmm expected um but for i will say with prime for it being a limited ad break it actually is limited <laughs> like to an egregious amount at the same time too so it's like at, at, when i saw 299 i was like eh, i'm not paying that we'll see what it, we'll, we'll see uh how how bad it is and then like when i actually saw what it was i was like that's nothing <laughs> so like exactly I'm like fuck yep. it not giving you my extra three dollars. Basis is enough fucking money. Fuck that guy. <laughs> well, you start adding up three dollars. You go by twelve months. That's thirty six dollars. You go by ten <laughs> different streaming services. Well, all of a sudden you're talking like five hundred bucks. So it's like, yeah, I'm no, uh-uh, I'm not paying that. No, thank you. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, nefarious. Like I said, I loved it. It's in my top five of the year. Um. I'm glad you watched it and appreciated it. I mean, maybe not to the level that I did, but I mean, you got the a lot of the same things that I got, the character stuff, which is, I mean, what the whole movie was about. It was about the characters. Um, but this one just left me, it, it just left me thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I saw this one in the theater. I was lucky enough to go see it. And I walked out of there just going, wow. Just, and driving home and going, a lot of decisions I made in my life, I was rethinking. And for me, when a movie does that, it's going to stick with me. So I'm, I'm just going to let it because I like to. <laughs> I'm just going back and double check in the prior phobias we've done. Make sure some of the movies we were talking about, we haven't hit yet. Um, okay. <laughs> Like, I know we did a fear of dying, but a lot of the titles that we were mentioning prior, we didn't actually touch. Well, you know me. I just want to get a really good zombie movie in here somewhere. So, yeah. 
I think I may have ulterior motives. I think the, <laughs> to be honest, I think the only zombie movie we've actually done. Okay, I can think of two. <laughs> One of them I did with you, <laughs> and, <laughs> and the apocalypse. Yep. Uh, I think the only other zombie movie we've done is uh, Yummy. Oh. Which was one of the the Shutter titles. What was the fear? What was the fear for Yummy? I don't even know. Was it uh, Vanity or or something like that? That was was a really old episode. (laughs) Oh, we also did Return of the Living Dead at like the very (sighs) start. Well, if it was at the very start, it could be revisited because that movie is. Yeah, we're talking about like four years ago, you know? Yeah. Uh, So that's probably. Oh, and Rabbit. Rabbit we did as well. Oh, the OG or the remake? Uh, Probably the OG, I'm guessing. The OG. Marilyn Chambers? Marilyn yeah. Chambers? Yeah. Because Marilyn Chambers, I mean, come on. Yeah. Mm. Hubba hubba. So. Let's see. All right, so you, so you want to do Fear of Death for the next one? Um, I'd be down with that. I mean, it's it's... It's simple. I mean, and there's so many different things you could. I mean, I mean, it's literally. It's like the the, the symbolism: coffins, tombstones, funerals, cemeteries, right. corpses. I mean, <laughs> it kind of. It's almost a sky's the limit sort of here. <laughs> if you, I mean, we could talk about Night of the Living Dead, the original from 1968. There's some necrophobia there. <laughs> So, but I, it, whatever you're feeling, man. Whatever you're feeling is good. Yeah, we'll start with that, and then uh, we'll flesh out. Some other phobias for the calendar year. All right. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll let you guys know on that front uh, what we're going to tackle first uh, in the Discord and on social media and whatnot. Oh, but of course, our first item will be streamed on Tuesday. Um, I, I did mention this grind earlier, but I was thinking of uh, also doing Thursday night streams, at least for, you know, Twisted uh, Watch Parties, just because I, I really want to... I want to continue, like, our first viewing experiences to be more of a consistent thing because, like, that's something that we don't always have an opportunity to do. And, like, obviously, like, you know, this past month, that's really kind of, like, what I've been focusing on because I know a lot of us, I'm not going to say, like, all of us, but we do try to uh, consume a, a lot of the new offerings that are out there, but we don't always have an opportunity to do that together. And anytime that we do have an opportunity to do that, uh you know, for for better or worse, based on the movie, like you know, we always have a, have a good time. Whether it's uh, oh hell yeah, you know, just hell joke yeah. around yeah. about about the movie or just joking each other, you know, whatever it is. Um, but yeah. I I I also yeah, really like with buddies is always better, dude. It's always better watching it with buddies. So yeah, if you want to do a you know a first Thursday, you know, first watch Thursday, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say it would probably start it next week. Just yeah, so we can get the word out a little bit more. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that I've been wanting to do for a while. And I, like, yeah, obviously, like, I love doing the podcast, but I also really enjoy, you know, spending time with the Twisted Crew. Uh, and, you know, if we could just tack on another day, like, that's just even more movies that we can watch. And, uh, you know, potentially we can find some more gems out there that uh, we our, might not have seen otherwise. Thursday. Call it our Thursday <laughs> and be known that. Yeah, hell yeah. I, dude, you know me in new movies. I'm always. I'm always there. So, yep. you know, and if we're looking at if we're looking at our normal start time. Yeah. I mean, yep. I, I do do some I do do some like theater watches of the early Thursday stuff. Um, but I think with the with the AMC thing that they have going on, I mean, it, I hope it's long term. I 
I fear that it won't be because good things, the things that I love never last, which is unfortunate. Um, but, um, yeah. So if we're at nine 30 on Thursday, shit. Yeah. Let's do it. Why not? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm like kind of like mapping out my conventions for, for the year, trying to like figure out what, what all I want to do there. Obviously like we got these and dead here in Chicago twice again this year. Um, I don't, well, I don't know if I'm going to do like any, any other days of the dead. It's like outside of my area. Like I, I do have like an anime convention that I'm doing in Vegas first week of April, which I'm kind of excited for. Cause like one of my friends like turned me on to it, but unfortunately she can't go, but I still want to like go and I already got my, my cosplay, uh, picked out that I want to do for the show. And it's one I'm really excited about because like, I'm a nerd, so I'm gonna do something really geeky from, uh, from the Spider Verse. Okay, well, I'm gonna ask this for Jess because Jess will appreciate this. <laughs> do you have a tail? No, <laughs> no, <Okay. laughs> no tail. No, okay. no. Think more. Think more. Uh, punk rock. <laughs> punk rock Spider Verse. Okay, all right. Well, I will. That, that should narrow it down. <laughs> I, kinda, kinda, but that's okay. I, 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 some, I like to be kept guessing, so I'll just pretend that I'm guessing. I do have, <laughs> I do have hotel rooms and tickets for Days of the Dead Chicago. We're taking my wife's car this time, <laughs> so hopefully that will work out better than the last fucking time. Because I do not want to be stranded in Black River Falls, Wisconsin, with a fucking flat tire at nine o'clock at night. Because that fucking sucked. Um. Uh, so we're planning on being at that one. Um, so I'm sure we'll, we'll run into each other, I'm guessing. Um, yeah. And so let's just, uh, as far as the rest of it, I'm going to do, I'm going to do uh, June. I'm going to do um, the Monroeville Mall mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. Um, and we are also tentatively looking at TerrorCon in September in Massachusetts. Um, that one looks like it could be pretty good. So we have that one penciled in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for March, we will be at Days of the Dead Chicago in my wife's apparently much more reliable car than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, dude, that was such uh, a, that was, that was was, a whole it, ordeal. Dude, it, if you have ever been stranded on the side of the road with a flat tire, with a car that does not have a spare, and you have your wife and your 15-year-old dog in the car with you, there is no, no more subtle hell than that. It was hell, literally. Um, but got through it and paid you for the ticket I didn't use. So, <laughs> so I think we're all good. So we will be there. That's that's what we're saying. We we have rooms and tickets, so we'll be there. Um uh, we'll do something. It'll be fun. Get some, go up to the, is it at the same hotel? I guess I don't even know if it's, it's at the same place. Yeah. Okay. It is. Okay. So as long as it's there, we're golden. We'll find some food. We'll do whatever else. We'll hang out and, uh, we'll party like horror nerds because that's what horror nerds do. Yeah, absolutely. And really the, the only other thing I wanted to mention that I forgot to bring up earlier, um, just in case, all of our fiends didn't see. Uh, Universal did announce that they do have their dark universe world set to open in 2025, uh, which is essentially their classic Universal monsters reimagined. Uh, so it will have its own dedicated wow. spot in the park, uh, and this will be in the same same area or same park, I should say, as um, opposite of you know Harry Potter and she was the other one. There was one there other. It, they, there, it was one of the the dragon movies. The, oh, an, the animated one. 
uh how to train your dragon yeah how to train your dragon was the other one so like there's those three parts within the the fantasy one or whatever the fuck they're calling it but i was just glad like they're finally pushing forward with it so like we're waiting on that and then we're also waiting on universal to like open their year-round attraction in vegas which is another thing they're doing as well oh okay well you know what my wife and i've been talking about needing a reason to go to vegas because she's (laughs) never been there and uh despite the fact that it and this is I, I'm not judging anybody, but the whole the whole city of Las Vegas smells like marijuana now, and I no, <laughs> I hate it. So it's like trying to avoid it is. But like I have fond I have very fond memories of Vegas. I saw in 2004, I saw the remake of Dawn of the Dead in Vegas, mm-hmm. and then when a buddy of mine and I went to Vegas in 2019 for Days of the Dead, uh, I think it was 2019. Whatever year Army of Army of the Dead came out, we got to see Army of the Dead in Vegas at the same theater that I saw Dawn of the Dead 04 in, in Vegas. So it still has, as much as sometimes that city is just like, it, it feels like a festering pustule that needs to be popped and given some antibiotic ointment, there's a part of me that still loves it. I, I had my first double tequila scorpion shot in Vegas <laughs> and... I'm never doing that shit again because <laughs> the scorpion doesn't digest and it, it hurts more coming out than it did going in. Um, but um, I, it's still, it's a fun city. It's a great place to party. There's fucking great toy shops in Vegas. Mm-hmm. We, we told this to Bob when he was visiting. Yep. There's great toy shops there. Uh, great comic book shops. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff there. So It's yeah, all downtown and in the arts district. <laughs> well, in the, well, in the fun spot. Yeah, not on the strip. The strip, yeah. this the strip is for the stroller crowd. The downtown is for the uh, adventurous people. Let's just say, mm-hmm. hell yes, yep. The gold nugget, man. The gold nugget. You can't. <laughs> I mean, the last time I was there was for Days of the Dead. We had to change rooms because our room flooded, and then we had to change rooms again because our room had cockroaches in it. <laughs> so, I mean, it, <laughs> that, it was that, was a, that, that was at the was golden poolside. nugget. <laughs> yeah, it was the golden. Interesting, because yep. like when, yeah. when I when I went uh, for TwitchCon, like. You know, I, I only stayed like one day downtown just because like I hadn't done that in the past. Like downtown Vegas was always like, all right, like I'll spend like a night down there and like hang out. But then like Uber back to, you know, strip area. So like I was very curious to see like what like the downtown vibe would be or just experience like actually staying there. And, um, you know, it's just like one of those things where it's like, all right, like I did an early flight. So it's like, well, I can't really check in early. All right. It's like, well, I could pay the early check in or I could just do a room upgrade um for like the same cost so like that's what i ended up doing um and like i i was pleasantly surprised with like how like clean the hotel room was after hearing this <laughs> uh, for starters but that just could be like because it was a nicer room uh but like obviously like my biggest question kind of like going in is like just knowing that you know downtown is complete party vibe like what was the noise level going to be inside oh, the hotel? Fucking horrendous. It's fucking horrendous. And, but, you know, I, I will say, like, you know, when when I got in, they did have, like, earplugs. Um, mm-hmm. But I wouldn't but say... Not- I, I I wouldn't even say, like, noise was an issue for us when, when I was there. Oh, God, it was for us. But it uh, you have to temper everything. And mm-hmm. the reality is I got to see Alice Cooper and Corey Taylor discuss horror movies. Oh, yeah. So that was wild. I got to uh, listen to a talk from the entire cast 
with the exception of Heather Langenkamp, the entire cast of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Dream Warriors, where uh, one of them read me the fucking riot act because I was bashing on uh, Nightmare 2. Mm-hmm. I, I bashed on it, and I'm like, I, I said, like, how do you guys feel about being the cast that saved the series? And this, the lady that played, I think, uh, the the Mohawk lady with the switchblades, mm. she got up and chewed my ass, just chewed my ass, and it was like, you should go and watch this documentary, and you should go. And it was so. I mean, uh, overall, there were some low points and some high points, but goddamn, did we have fun down there? Like I said, we had fun, and I got to eat a little scorpion off a shot glass which i don't but, and that was my buddy my buddy wanted to go do that that wasn't even me that's the best <laughs> part so trevor thanks again for the fucking scorpion that i had to swallow he chewed his he chewed it like oh <laughs> like i just need to get this shit over with it was double tequila shot with a scorpion on top mm-hmm. at, at at around down fremont street and you take a left there's a bar that has a shot that's like 35 dollars, and i'm like i'm not paying 30 he's like I will buy it if you will drink it. And I'm like, fuck. All right. I'm in. <laughs> well, there's yeah. no backing out now. <laughs> nope. Like I, I can't even I can't even claim money is the problem. Shit. Okay. Yep. Um well yeah, if we figure something out for Vegas, if there's something cool to go do, let's go do it. Yeah, I don't know uh what the timetable was for like a universal thing. Um I, I wanna say it was gonna be like in the area fifteen spot, if I'm not mistaken, for that. But that's further down the road. But yeah. Um, I, I'd be, I, I never really need an excuse to go to Vegas. As I mentioned, <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to an anime convention there for fuck's sake in early April. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, uh, universal news was, uh, was something that we've been waiting on for a while. Uh, you know, specifically for like Orlando. So glad to see like things are actually moving forward with that project. And we have, you know, kind of like our timetable and when things are going to open on that front. Uh, Cause I know a lot of my buddies are interested in, uh, you know, what they're doing with the universal monsters on that front. Uh, but with that being said, guys, just again, be sure to join us on Tuesday for our Twisted Tuesday watch party over at kick.com forward slash terminally drunk. That is Tuesday at 7 30 PM Pacific time. Uh, and then we'll be watching uh, a newer release for our Twisted Thursday or Thursday, Thursday, whatever, you, whatever you want to call it, uh, which would be <laughs> starting next week, next Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Also on the same kick channel. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for tuning in tonight for another episode of Handled with Scare. I've been your host, Simply Drunk, joined as always by my co-host, Grindhouse Zombie. And we'll see you fiends this upcoming week. Y'all have a good night. See ya.